0: Projects Podcast, Episode 4. Um, today, my guest is Shane Gafog, and we're going to speak about the self-portrait exhibition that's going to be coming up um, this spring at Orange County Center for Contemporary Art in Orange County. And Shane Gafog is an American artist that looks through the lens of humanity at civilizations, both past and present, and views time as threads that connect all people. His work is a visual language that is informed by the spiritualism of abstraction and the realism of the old masters. These two ideas are usually seen as separate, but Gufog fuses them seamlessly into works that transcend and become testaments to thoughts that inform us of who we are in the 21st century. Today, I am at Shane Gufog's Ranch in Central California, and we are actually in a new guest house that is also sort of a workplace for for me when I come up to the studio, and thank you for joining me.
1: Well, hello again, and there's some noise going on in the background, this microphone may pick it up, we're working on another building across the way here from the guest house that will become the recreation room, music room, wine tasting, and gym. Awesome. I don't know if gym and wine tasting go hand in hand with that. <laughs> <laughs> So what are we talking about today?
0: Today we are going to talk about um, your self-portraits and a little bit about why um, we wanted to do this exhibition and um, I know the exhibition is called 40 Years of Self-Portraits and as a co-curator for the exhibition um, it was really fun to go through your work, you know, starting in the early 1980s, 1981 was 1981. the first yep. first piece that we're, that we're going to, um, display and it goes all the way up into 2021 and yep. how it, um, again, like Crazy. it's, it's exhilarating to see your career. And I think what's, what people know you as is this abstract post postmodernist mm-hmm. painter, who dwells into spirituality and 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 you know existentialism and also ancient cultures and science and you know a bit a bit of pol- politics, mm-hmm. but um, but all the while you have been um, doing these self portraits in a variety of ways that aren't just straight ahead self portraits, but
1: no, not really. I mean they are and they're not, and mm-hmm. I um, I <clears throat> I got inspired to. St- to start doing self portraits after seeing a whole bunch of Rembrandts in Europe in the summer of 1980 and they were just so beautiful. And it's like, you know, he's, he's speaking to us, um, 300 some odd years later Mm -hmm. and you get to see him happy and exploring his youth and then getting married and really happy. And then the loss of his wife, and the loss of a number of children and then the loss of his wife and then his bankruptcy Mm -hmm. Um, and he stares directly out at us with great humility and you see the pain in his face he's not trying to glamorize himself Mm -hmm. and they were just so profound to me and i i every chance i have i always go see rembrandts always And so that's what got me going back in the day. And the first painting of this show, (coughs) excuse me, is a painting that Rembrandt did. I think he was in his 40s. Um, And he had... He had gone bankrupt. And they they auctioned off all of his belongings in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. And there was also a law passed that he couldn't sell his own paintings anymore. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, which forced his son to become his art dealer they didn't have the gallery system that they do now and so he but they didn't say anything about the etchings and so he cranked out those etchings and he sold those and that's how he was able to stay alive from what i understand Mm -hmm. but so this painting that he did um he collected a lot of um clothing and fabrics Mm -hmm. from around the world and so once they sold off his home, he had to move to what's called the ghettos, which is basically it means a Jewish neighborhood, the original meaning. Right. And so he started, kept doing portraits, but the commissions stopped. He wasn't getting any more commissions. Um, he his career was tainted. He had started painting more with his fingers and with a palette knife, and the flesh that he, the flesh tones that he was painting, they were no longer so much of an an illusion as representing a, a physical metaphoric reality. They were so physical that they were a metaphor for life itself, not an illusion of life, in my view. And <clears throat> so you see throughout his whole career, in the very beginning, he was very studied and, and the surfaces were very fine. And towards the end there, um, he's painting with a palette knife, or he's painting with his fingers. Mm-hmm. And they're, they were considered unfinished, they were considered raw. Okay. But they were loaded with emotions.
0: How interesting. So
1: we, we really get to see what he was feeling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I started off, my first self-portrait in this show is a painting he did after he lost everything.
0: Okay.
1: And what he did is he dressed himself up as an Italian, um, a wealthy Italian banker, right? Mm-hmm. Or a nobleman. Mm-hmm. And he posed in front of a mirror with such confidence as if he was defying the world, defying this new label that had just been placed on him. And he's saying to the world, I am Rembrandt. Okay. The money doesn't matter. The success doesn't matter. What matters is integrity of my soul.
0: I love it.
1: <laughs> and that's what I got from that painting. So uh-huh. I decided to... That was going to be my starting place. And I painted my 18-year-old face into that painting. Um, oddly enough, I, I didn't get the measurements right on the canvas. I didn't have a whole lot of options around here. Mm-hmm. So the left hand is... Cut off on the painting I did. Um, it, um, Rembrandt's is not, but my left hand. Years later, I end up losing my index finger, mm-hmm. and I thought, God, is that? It's almost prophetic that I didn't paint my left hand. Yeah. And then later on, as you'll see in the exhibition, it becomes a prominent image for me, almost a symbolic image of my identity. Mm-hmm. So that was the first painting. And I was really playing around a lot with imagining myself as, mm-hmm. like in a different time period. Um, and then there's a painting in there where I painted myself as an old man at the age of 92. Mm-hmm. And because I had been, it was a strange event, and I was upstairs painting the first painting, the mm-hmm. Rembrandt painting, mm-hmm. and I heard this, it was like 2 in the morning, and I heard this sound behind me. And I turned around, and there was this ghostly image of this person standing there watching me. And it scared me. And we spoke telepathically, without words. And he said, don't worry, everything's fine.
0: Mm-hmm. I said,
1: well, who are you? How'd you get in here? He said, I'm you.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: I came back to see the, the beginning moment of this.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: So... um it shook me so much that i couldn't sort of get rid of the image the imprint of the this image and so i ended up doing a painting of this person but almost as if it was a rembrandt painting. Mm -hmm. yeah and then it cuts to um dolly-esque self-portraiture where there's a, um, a landscape where there's a little miniature model of rembrandt pointing a big finger at the sculpture and the sculpture is yet to be unveiled it's like it's got plaster over it and underneath it is a a human being and mm-hmm. that's me yeah and i've yet to be unveiled and so it goes it goes through like that um
0: what I what i do what i really you know i'm excited about for viewers seeing the show guests and visitors and uh is that it's not just straight-ahead portraits. It's, no. Um, it's much more than that. And I know artists in the past, old masters, have said that, you know, every painting is autobiographical. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it's really true.
1: Mm-hmm. And also, you know, you'll see I'm just chewing my way through art history. There's a mm-hmm. series of drawings that I do that are very much inspired by Matisse's line drawings yeah um and then there's a a moment of where i'm playing around with cubism the idea mm-hmm. of cubism picasso and then there's another self-portrait called continuum where um i had just got through reading einstein's biography okay and the idea of time and space and the theories of relativity so on so on and so forth and so i paint myself in there as coming forward in time and then the furthest point back, I'm a real person. But as I come forward in time, I become abstract and become almost a, a Cubist painting. Mm, so I, I love I'm, that painting. So I'm playing around with fun things like that mm-hmm. and using myself as a, a vehicle or a device to explore. There's another painting where um, there's an extra photograph of my high school senior prom, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is fun. It's a uh, bit of
0: a collage piece. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, there's, there's. <clears throat> I think right now we're up to eighty-seven works. Yeah, um,
1: eighty-seven pieces will be for the in the show. Um, and then there's also a big life-size sculpture that I did when I was twenty-two, and I had just come back from Greece, and at that time I was very fit. I had been a fitness instructor in a gym, and <clears throat> I thought, you know, I should sculpt myself right now. The way I am because this won't last forever mm-hmm. and so I stood in front of the mirror and um, and felt my own my own body with my hands and then tried to replicate that through the clay mm-hmm. and then I cast it in um, in plaster and then gold leafed it mm-hmm. yeah Great. so I think coming back from Greece and seeing all these uh, the Greek classical sculptures and seeing me in my youth at that time where you realize that you're sort of at your peak. Your yeah. Physical peak. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to capture that moment.
0: Yeah. Well, you were quite a athlete in your younger years.
1: <clears throat> yeah. I, I ran track and stuff like that. And then there's um, some pieces that I did while at Cal arts when I first went to Cal arts. Mm-hmm. And one thing Cal arts loves to do is, or at least they did at that time, whatever you think, you know, Mm-hmm. They're going to take it away from you. They're going to pull the rug out from underneath you, so you have to rethink everything you've ever thought. Okay. And oftentimes they they like you to rethink in their own image, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I wasn't very good at sort of being a chameleon like that. Um, and so I started painting these what I called the empty vessels. Mm-hmm. And they were self-portraits of jackets that were empty. And my identity, I was searching for an identity as an artist. Okay. And so I started painting myself as just a shell mm-hmm. that needed to be filled. Okay. And, um, and then shortly after that, it cuts into uh, the time period where I lost my finger and that really had a profound effect on me so there's one two three four five six six pieces that deal directly with that from Mm -hmm. that period of time Mm -hmm. um
0: there's an abstract work that relates to your finger that's in the exhibition and i think viewers will be like now how does this fit in and
1: oh the one that's on wood panel yeah yeah this one yeah. Uh, it's called "Can is no longer a question."
0: Mm-hmm. Tell us about that one.
1: It is. <clears throat> I traced out my right hand on a piece of wood. It was a piece of birch plywood, and um, I painted. I put th- four dots on the piece of wood, and on a, like um five dots. I don't know. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, four, four, eight, nine mm-hmm. dots. Um, and then I painted over them and did this painting of connecting the dots with light. And then my hand becomes a pattern hmm. that ties it into the physical world and the sort of spiritual world simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And Then I peeled off these dots to reveal the bare wood. And so the wood is actually a, a physical thing and the image is not a physical thing; it's a um, it's a painted thing that is meant to represent an idea, right? So suddenly, <clears throat> the physical thing gets turned on its head; it becomes that becomes a portal, mm. a strange portal. So I was I did a whole series of paintings at that time that nobody's ever seen, um, and I used my right hand instead of my left hand because my right hand was. Intact,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so I needed that full that wholeness, mm-hmm. and that was I was representing that. There's another one where I'm. Um, it has my face dissected into three parts. Yeah, yeah, I like it's that called one. Scene, scene, saw. Mm-hmm. And around the edges of each panel are numbers <clears throat> that I put on with um, vinyl lettering mm-hmm. and painted over them, and they are the numbers that the number of days that had transpired in the Gregorian calendar from the day I started the painting until the day I finished the painting. Okay. Um, and so instead of counting years, I was counting days. Okay. Yeah. And then um, then I there's a, a rest period where I don't really do much and I got really more into my work that I became known for. Um, and then in um, 2010...
0: And that would be, I think, because I know your chronology... Your Still Point series, your Ginevra di Vinci series That's where really all that started, yeah. Yeah, it took up, you did massive amount of paintings. Yeah. Um,
1: 52 Ginevra da Vinci paintings mm-hmm. in two years. Um, the Still Points are still going. Yeah. And there was this canvas laying around, a little small canvas, and I thought, I wonder if I could still do a self portrait. I mm-hmm. wonder what it would look like now, because it's been a while. So I did one without looking at myself. Okay. I did one just based on memories of what I look like, of what I feel like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: right? And so it's a very strange, haunting painting. Mm-hmm. And I was going through a big trans- personal transition in my life at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. then, um, and then there's a break of eight years mm-hmm. of no self-portraits.
0: Well, let's back up. You listen to an NPR... Story episode mm-hmm. on tribes. On tribe, yeah. And I, you started painting your tribe. My I tribe.
1: I, um, well, you know what started it was um, it was Paul Roche's 70th birthday. And I thought, I want to do a portrait of him for his birthday because I did a portrait of him for his 50th birthday. Mm. And I thought it would be nice to do another one for him for his 70th birthday, which I did. Profile. And I enjoyed doing it so much, and I thought, why, I should do more of these, Mm -hmm. you know? And then I heard this story on NPR News, they were talking about that most people don't have more than 150 people in their lives, Mm -hmm. and that when indigenous tribes or primates, when their group gets up to 150, they split off and form a new group. Mm-hmm. and that we're all hardwired that way. Very few people have more than 150 people they can call friends. Mm-hmm. And, and so that got me thinking about my 150 people Okay. and who are they. Mm-hmm. And then I realized well, that would be the ultimate self-portrait, really.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: <clears throat> so I started doing these portraits of, um, of all of my friends and family and stuff, and I'm still doing them. And I think I'm up to about 70 now, so I have another 80 to go. And I've been doing them for seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people have passed away. Yeah. Since I started it, but their other portraits are. I'm not going to show those, but what it did do was got me thinking about self-portraiture again. hmm And then in, um, oh boy, it was in uh, 2018... Um, there was, uh, there had been some horrible shooting, mass shooting, and it was all over the news, and Mm -hmm. they were telling the details of it, and it was just more than I could take that day.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I was on overload. Yeah. And I felt-
0: This is in Hollywood.
1: Yeah, and I thought, I can't, there's only so much anyone can absorb and take.
0: That's Remy, the little, your dog. My little dog. Is, walking around. toenails
1: are clicking on the floor here. But, so then I thought, I started, I thought, well, what if I, I feel like I need some sort of a, a barrier in front of me, a protective shield. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought, well, I was thinking about mass, and I was thinking about Halloween, which I think was right around the corner, and where that... Um, that came from halloween you know and it was to scare away the evil spirits to make sure your crops were good when it was time to pick your crops Mm -hmm. um you know then you have the african cultures with their masks, and oftentimes you know it's about scaring away the evil spirits to keep yourself protected
0: and the venetians have the venetians
1: too yeah with their uh what's that um thing that they do and they always yeah 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 and it, again it's all about protection right so and i started to paint masks with just one eye looking through um and i i started really getting into that and it started just becoming something i think quite interesting mm-hmm. and i've done i don't know how many of those now and i still do them and I'm doing them on canvas board because it's, it's, I don't want them to feel too precious.
0: Well, and they're not, they're not big. They're small, no, they're intimate small. pieces. And, yeah. and when I say small, they're 9 by 12 or...
1: 11 sm- by 14 or... Yeah, yeah, the
0: smallest is 7 by 5.
1: Yeah, yeah 7 by 5, yeah. And <clears throat> so I'm having... I'm enjoying... I shouldn't say fun is the right word. But it gives me a freedom... Mm-hmm. To just sit down and paint mm-hmm. without thinking. Oh, it's got to be this. Got to be that. Oftentimes, I just grab a pen or a pencil and start doodling mm-hmm. on these canvas boards and see what comes out. Um,
0: but 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 let's go back to the whole point of for me self-portraiture, mm-hmm. and you know we've been writing essays about. Some of the old masters and and some of the you know other artists through history mm-hmm. that have done self portraits. You know, one I'll say you know Albrecht Durer started doing them. You mm-hmm. know, all the way up to now we're on Francis Bacon. Right. We we just talked about Frida Kahlo. Um, we talked about Vincent Van Gogh, Cezanne, Pique, uh, Matisse, Picasso, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et and and they and it's like every painting. Is autobiographical in yep. some regards, so I wouldn't. I don't want mm-hmm. the listener here to think, "Oh, you're just making these self-portraits," because they're way deeper than that.
1: They, I have a need to make them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very.
0: And let's face it, we're in the the age of the selfie, so it's yeah. it's beyond.
1: It's beyond all that, but um, and oftentimes it's just my eye. Mm -hmm. And it's usually my left eye looking through Mm -hmm. this veil or... And what's that about? Or a mask. Well, we can only look at one eye at a time when we talk to someone.
0: I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: You can't look at both eyes at the same time.
0: It's true. I'm looking at you. Right.
1: So, hence I only paint one eye. Uh
0: Uh-huh.
1: And it's usually the left eye. Um, I don't know why. Just the direction of it. Mm-hmm. seems to feel right to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, it's, it's very cathartic for me to make these paintings. They are very much about uh, warding off the white noise in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe other cultures would see this all this white noise as like evil spirits or something. I don't know. But, you know, we, we're inundated with so much information every day. And you have to have a way to let it move through you. Otherwise, it just is is too much. Mm-hmm. It's too much. And, mm-hmm. you know, I heard oh, a year or two ago, they said that the amount of information that was, a person would receive in one year in 1970 is the same amount of information that a person receives in one day now. Oh, my. Yeah. So what does that do to our central nervous system? What does it do to our our thought process mm-hmm. what does it do to our emotional state mm-hmm. you know that's a lot of information so are we are we really wired for all that has technology leapt forward to the point where we now have this emotional psychological jet lag
0: mm-hmm.
1: which i feel is what's going on
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so these these paintings are my way of grappling with this reality that we're in now mm-hmm so they're, they're really psychological portraits. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're very, very much coming from my own inner world. Um, and it's not necessarily like the still points, which is a language that I've developed. Yeah, These are a more of a direct subconscious, unconscious line mm-hmm. that... Um, I don't know it's it's I'm I'm really really excited to see them all up together 40 years worth 87 pieces yeah you know who knew I didn't know I'd made that many I had no no idea I thought there may maybe 30 or 40 of them laying around
0: yeah, and, and we've actually selected. We've selected, yeah. So there's actually more, more than that. I know. It's crazy. I, I want to draw your attention, though, to something that happened this morning. Um, I've been working with your son mm-hmm. on the exhibition a little bit, and um, he, he, he's been helping me catalog the pieces and things like that, and he was, as your son, he said... I'm really, I'm really kind of shocked at these portraits. Mm. And I said, "Why?" And he said, <laughs> "Well, it's really interesting to see my dad like this. I mean, some of these portraits are quite delicate and intellectual, and then some of them are just like haunting and scary and yeah, just really intense." Yeah. And 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 he said to me, "What do you think that's all about?" And I said. I think it's how we perceive ourselves from, mm-hmm. you know, from time to time or year to year. We all go through these cycles, and, and, and it's sort of the deeper dialogue. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say about that?
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I, um, again, I do, the original idea was that there were masks that I was painting, and the masks were there to protect me. hmm and I could peer through them, and nobody would know that it's me looking through because mm-hmm. it's just my eye peeping through like a peephole. Right? Okay,
0: and there uh, is one painting called peep-
1: the peephole, yeah, which I actually I actually did a little knockoff of a Holbein painting, and then and then painted it as if there was a hole cut out in the canvas a trompe l'oeil. But um, so you know, and I also get to have fun with art history.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: but. But, yeah, I think some of them are pretty provocative. Yeah. Um, some of them are a little unnerving. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that on purpose. It's just what keeps happening. And there's one called um, The Duality of Space and Time. Yeah. And I started... that one, too. Yeah. I started it like a half an hour before New Year's Eve, and I finished it half an hour after New Year's Eve. Oh, that's cool. So hence the duality. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's little, weird. just little fun things like that. There's another one. Um, let's see here. I'm looking through them now.
0: What, what do you want? Like, so we've been working on this essay series, which mm-hmm. I really love because we're, we're going through art history and I'm asking you questions about the artist's work and about your work and the influences and things mm-hmm. like that. And I think it—I think it really shares um, a great deal of information because mm-hmm. you know, in, in my era, um, being a child of the '60s, we think of, or I think of, portraiture as Andy Warhol. Mm-hmm. You know, he's—he's he's made a huge impact. Andy Warhol, um, Francis Bacon a little bit. Um, but what do you want the viewer? to take from this exhibition what what do you want them to leave feeling or hoping
1: mm, I think that well again I don't want to be too verbal about it mm-hmm. um, but I always feel that the artist's job is to to take these journeys, these emotional journeys and bring back your findings and these are my findings about my own psyche Mm-hmm and how the world is affecting me, Mm -hmm. Um, how I have seen myself within the context of uh, the ending of the 20th century, the beginning of the 21st century. And I I think that's, you know, it's really a portrait of my psychological state as it has been manifesting through my physical
0: Mm -hmm. form. Mm-hmm.
1: And through time.
0: Mm-hmm. That's 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 fantastic, but I gotta ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Do you, th- Vincent Van Gogh wrote furiously, right? And he painted. Do you think? Do you think this would have helped him? You know, to know like his paintings, his writings. He was pouring himself out there, mm-hmm. and and we wrote about his work, but. What you just said, I mean, it's almost like I feel Vincent van Gogh wanted the same thing.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. Do you agree? Sure, I totally agree. I think Picasso was doing this, you know, very similar thing. I think Rembrandt was doing a very similar thing. Um, it is about understanding our place in time. Mm-hmm. And our place as a human being, our place as a living creature on this planet you know we don't know what happens when we die mm-hmm. there's lots of speculation there's lots been written about it but nobody really 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 knows mm-hmm. um, we do know that we when we're alive we have this thing called a life force mm-hmm. you know or soul we do know that our thoughts can be quite powerful mm-hmm. that they can manifest our reality Mm-hmm. So, there's things that we know, there's a lot that we don't know, Mm -hmm. and I'm always grappling with the things we don't know, and this is my way of grappling with it, Mm -hmm. of getting me through the day, Yeah. and, um, you know, I mean, we're, you know, we're raised to have a certain belief system, I don't care what culture you're from, mm-hmm. and you're raised to have certain, um, there's things that you celebrate, maybe it's a birthday, maybe it's Christmas, maybe it's Hanukkah, maybe mm-hmm. it's whatever, <clears throat> And but this is all based on, you know, ancient traditions, which is all based on our place on this planet, mm-hmm. and how we have interacted, and you know, Christmas Day is the it's the, uh, winter solstice is, is December 22nd, and the sun stays at the lowest point in the sky for three days, mm-hmm. and on December 25th, it's reborn, the sun is born, mm-hmm. and it was, uh, that was the day that the Egyptians celebrated, uh, the birth of Ra, mm-hmm. and, uh, Constantinople, the Emperor Constantinople, Constantine, sorry, was, um, you know, he was a great believer in the Egyptian sun god Ra, so... Mm-hmm. He transferred that date, mm-hmm. and we now celebrate it with something else. But it's really based on our existence on this planet.
0: As as an artist, you write a lot every day you start your day writing, writing mm-hmm. journals, diary, thoughts, everything you're thinking about, everything you're seeking or exploring or discovering. How does this portrait different than writing for you
1: hmm that's really interesting i think that it's a a a pure language for me Mm -hmm. um because it is about especially with these portraits i can really play with color Mm -hmm. you know i can Mm -hmm. and i i'm often using going straight from the tube i'm layering the paint on i'm um Sometimes I do glazing, sometimes I don't. I use different techniques that are available. Whatever I want to do, I don't I don't have any any boundaries for myself, any borders. It's just like and that sometimes is harder
0: yeah. than like yeah. going
1: in to make an abstract painting because with the abstraction I know what the borders are. Mm-hmm. You know? With these, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And there's another painting here called The Verdict and Prophecy of Spring. And I did that the day Robert Mueller announced he'd come to a verdict.
0: hmm
1: um, And it was also the beginning of spring. hmm So it becomes a time marker. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah. And it was my way of dealing with both the, the information that was about ready to rock the world or not. hmm and the changing of the seasons, which happens regardless of what we think and what we do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's bigger than us. Yeah. So that was my way of balancing that moment mm-hmm. within myself.
0: Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. I think it's lunchtime. Yeah. Thank okay. you so
0: much for joining me today and, and sharing about the exhibition, 40 Years of Self-Portraiture. And um, I my goal is to have this exhibition travel and um
1: you're sending that message out there yes there you go i like it all right that's what i mean it's your thoughts are going to manifest that reality yeah thank you i want
0: to i want everybody to see the show so thank you stay tuned thank you so much shane Ciao. ciao